Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Charmander to my Bulbasaur. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? That's fitting because I've been left out in the rain and my tail flame is going out. Yeah, but also I know it's your favorite Pokemon. And our our very our very own Squirtle. The Squirtle Squad oh. member himself. Eric, the cool guy. Eric, you get to be the cool guy because Squirtle Squad. Yeah, guys, I'm 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 honored. Also, I'm a blind sunglasses. I'm still kind of winded from this weekend. I don't know if you yeah. saw, but I uh, I played my first NFL game as a member of the Texans, and I had that awesome kick return, and I am winded <laughs> from it. And if you think I'm lying, go watch the tape and tell me that that's not me running. Uh, no one's. At, I didn't realize I, I, that a Squirtle returned a kick for the. What? Where's the show going? It's know. not not Pokemon related. I'm just making fun of that guy's kick return. That, Dude, that was very a fullback. That's great. That was what it was a. Boke hours said that's not that's not a great athlete. That's poor coverage. So one thing that's oh boy, oh that's that's rough. I had to bring it up because it's NFL and it's amazing. It was like that's that's the story of the week for me. Does that count as a big man scoring a touchdown? I don't know. But I think so. I think like Pipkin's got a touchdown for the Chargers too. Uh, anyway, uh, big man scoring a touchdown. The, here's the thing. This week, la- this week going into the game, I said there, I didn't feel like there was a ton of stuff to say going into the game. But this week, coming out of the game, I feel like there's a million things. So you know, we could talk about uh, Tariq Woolen discovering Orchata, or or uh, <laughs> some of the other like goofier storylines that are going on. But I think we got to get right into the game. And the first thing, the most important thing, white blue uniforms. We still got the stat, but the stat has changed now. It used to be that the Seahawks were the only team in the NFL to never wear white uniforms at home. And now we're the only team in the NFL that is undefeated in white uniforms at home. <laughs> so Woo. there you go. We just change the set. Just change it up. We we're, did it. We did it. And I think he's running should... out of scoregami options. He had to find something else. I think I think now we go we go ten more years without doing it. I think you just wait ten more years and then every anniversary. Every ten yeah. year anniversary. Um so that that was, it was it was fun to see all the guys come back though. What was your guys' favorite uh, favorite thing this week from the like uh, you know reunion kind of re- ten year reunion of the Super Bowl squad that you guys kind of saw. Uh, for I'm... me, it was all the names I kind of forgot about. Okay, yeah, like Red Bryant giving a big speech. I'm like, oh, I love Red Bryant. How I kind of forgot about Red Bryant. Uh, Malcolm Smith raising the 12th man flag. And I'm like, that's what the MVP does for you. It gets you a big contract <laughs> and it gets you the only chance you'd ever raise the 12th man flag. Good on him. Yeah. I like the the part, all the party pictures. There's the, there's the one of Marshawn putting John Schneider in a headlock. That's going to be like a new classic, I think, in the Seahawks community. There's the Stephen Hauschka one where he's like biting the branded rope or whatever that is. I don't know what that is. Rip but- John Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, John Ryan's just John Ryan now. bulked. That's, I, I don't <laughs> know. It's just friend of the pod. I just think that it was those pictures were fun. The party pictures and just the, all them kind of all doing stuff together this week. That was a blast. Um, Kevin, you got anything to add to that one? You know, I would just say very similar. It was cool seeing them uh, just kind of around hanging out, and also it was cool seeing them hanging out with the current Seahawks. Um, seeing how many of them still have good relationships with the with the franchise. Like that's that's one of those things. There's usually a lot of drama that comes up around events like this with people in bad blood, and it just kind of tells you something that there there wasn't so much of that. I feel like there's only one notable absence. Oh wait, uh, I do have one other thing that I that uh, I that Bobby I, Wagner giving other people crap because he's still playing and they're all yeah. retired. That yeah. that that was another nice. There's thing. only like <laughs> one person who I thought might be there that wasn't there, which was Earl Thomas. Um, you know. That Sherm wasn't there most of the week because he works, <laughs> and same yeah. with Marshawn Lynch. Like Marshawn was in and out because he's got his uh, his TV stuff that he does. But like I thought Earl was gonna sh- might show up and kind of. You think it's because his brother didn't get a ticket too? Is no, that- I think it's because he's Earl's. Earl was the we- Earl is the weirdest guy. We think we've learned that at this point. He was the weirdest guy on the team, and uh, he was one of one. And I think he's still bitter. <laughs> I don't think. I, I think, think he's bitter about the hatchet. I think he's bitter about a lot of stuff. I mean, when he left Seattle, it didn't get better. And uh, he never wanted to do... He's not technically retired, uh, but he's not playing again. This is the man who loves Earl Thomas, like, yeah. talking. It's... Uh, yeah, that sucked. But not not over, overly surprising. Yeah, it's weird that Doug Baldwin was angry, Doug Baldwin. But, like, post-retirement, there, there's really only one super angry former Seahawk. Yep. 
Uh, anyway, let's get let's let's give props to the fans this week. The twelves were killing it this week. Eight false starts. That was the most by any team, any single team since the two thousand. Big shouts to Josh for leading the uh, charge on that. Yeah, Josh <laughs> from the Discord was there. He was like, I, "You're welcome, everyone." So, but uh, but <laughs> best fans in football mo- most since two thousand eleven, which is pretty crazy. I think that's a that was a great great uh great job. You know, with a you think with a veteran quarterback like Andy Dalton, they would be more in sync, but. We were able to put them completely out of sync. <laughs> well, I mean, a week ago we we based our picks on Bryce uh, Bryce Young playing, and then literally the next day they're like, "Come on in, Andy Dalton, help us win a game." <laughs> it was I was a little like, "Ugh, podcast is tarnished," and I don't like this. I don't like this. Andy Dalton wasn't so bad last year. Like, and honestly, no, the most the most the most media the most mediocre backup quarterbacks is like the Seahawks kryptonite. I actually think the problem for them was Andy Dalton's a little too good. Like if he was a little worse, like Colt the, the, McCoy level, like garbage, his passes his were too much on time. Too high. It was just like, hey, this guy can actually throw a football. Still, Ooh. the receivers weren't ready. We, 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 he's probably not going to be. It's not going to work for me. So anyway, let's start with the offense, though. I want to start with the offense, Eric. In this game, the run game finally took over. Uh, it felt like the run offense was finally kind of clicking. Charbonnet three point eight nine yards after contact per attempt. Walker three point two eight. Yards at the contact for attempts. So which which impressed you more then? Walker with the five missed tackles or Charbonnet with the guy sending the guy into the shadow realm <laughs> <laughs> with a shoulder block? Um, you know, it's hard to it's hard to really pin down one. I'm going to give it to Charbonnet only because this was his coming out party. Like, I want to see what he's going to do this this week, of course. It, and We inch ever closer to the 50-50 split. Exactly. Right? And I don't think we'll get there, but, you know... Putting Walker in there so much and seeing him, you know, just get dissed at the line, it brings back a lot of Sean Alexander memories. And you got to remember, Sean Alexander's split was what? Maurice Morris and Kevin. What name am I forgetting? Momo. It was a lot of Mo Morris, but it was uh, the the Oregon running back. Um, yeah. Oh, either way, they weren't. They it wasn't ever any anyone that you were like, oh, I'm really excited to see this guy. And Charbonnet is a guy who, you know, we're all excited to see. Uh, nine carries to 18. That's a run-heavy split uh, yeah, for Walker. 51, to- 51% versus 43% in terms of snap count. So, like, they were playing, but Walker, Walker was getting more work, right? Yeah. So, it's like, so, you know, they're using Charbonnet a little differently. He's in there. He's in there a little more. I think more that's expected, catch though. Passes. I mean, it doesn't bother me. DJ Dallas even <laughs> being, you know, somewhat respectable with two carries for seven yards. But... I don't know. Uh, this is a chance for us to see Charbonnet more, and I think that they're probably going to play him against, you know, whatever defense they deem him and, to be a record. And against. I, do, I do the think record, it's like... I'm an idiot. Mo Morris is the Oregon running back. Uh, it was oh, yes. it was Ricky Waters right at the beginning. Oh, okay, so the the, run, the running back Leonard though... Weaver at the end. Oh boy, Leonard, Leonard Weaver. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, because oh, Mo Morris was good for fumbling and three yards. So <laughs> yes, so. Sh- yeah, I think that it's it's nice to have both of these options. I mean, Charbonnet obviously is like a hammer. He just runs people over. He he just he's the Chris Carson regen. And Walker is is a, a dynamic open field runner. He's patient. He gets to the outside. Both these guys do different things on the field, and it's great to have both of them available to kind of mix it up, keep them both fresh, and go together for three hundred and thirty or sorry, thirty three carries for one hundred and forty six yards and two touchdowns. All runners in the game. And the reason we can do stuff, lean on those guys like that is because we have two of them and not just one. Now, Kevin, it wasn't just the running backs that were doing the business though. It was the interior offensive line. Um, Bradford, this guy in the run game, who, I mean, if we're going to have him out there, we should run more, right? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So if you line up uh, Anthony Bradford across from another human being, he just kind of unhinges his jaw and swallows them whole. He's, (laughs) He's very large. I don't know if you remember our, our post-draft coverage, but Nathan and I were uh, were quite was, certain that he's extremely large. I was worried about the pass protection, which was okay in this game. Did you see the uh, change up in his technique? Yeah, he, he looks like he's he's not going to be – he's not going to embarrass himself like he did in the preseason. In the preseason, his I was worried. Work, yes, his handwork is so improved. Like, his footwork, he still has a little trouble on, like, some reach blocky stuff, but it's because he's, like – seven foot 12 487 yeah. pounds and he's so also make thinking you like a little bit slower in the back of his head like hey can i just run over this guy instead 
Like that's yeah. he's fighting against that all the time because if allowed, if allowed to, yes, he he can run over that guy instead. Yeah, just professional large human. Um, so they had him lined up against uh, uh, Brown, who is uh, a good run stopping uh, interior defensive lineman, and they kind of had him doing a lot of phone booth play, and that's what he's good at. But what I noticed on the hand technique, especially in pass pro, was that he was better at getting a punch on. Um, he was getting his like chest over his feet a little bit too much in the preseason, and he was not really engaging with a with a good punch. And what I noticed in this one is he was able to get his hands on the guy in the pass game, and as a result, it kind of made his quick sets and his run blocking pretty similar, which let him road great. Like the goal line carry, uh, where. Kenneth Walker scored like kind of falling over the end zone. Um, like the only one where he like barely crossed the line. Uh, he down blocks the defensive tackle into the other defensive tackle, pushes both of them over and then puts like an arm, like a single arm block on a linebacker all in one play at the goal line, because he's just like, he's basically like a snow plow playing left guard or right. Yeah, no, guard. A, a, a year ago, Eric, if I would have told you, Hey, this offensive line, these this offensive line is going to have a good day, a, like a, a, a pretty solid day against a good defensive line in Carolina. You know, Derek Brown, yes, Ryan yeah. Burns. And it's going to be not because of the tackles. It's going to be because of the interior guys. You'd have been like, screw. You. Uh, no. <laughs> I'd have been like, yeah, I'd have been here. like, hell yeah, that means our run game is great. And uh, she knows or I probably would have said then Russ is going to be able to step up into the pocket. But, um, you know, it's it's funny that the the offensive line is stepping up. I I don't know if Kevin reached into his giant bag of stats, but it seems like we're getting a lot of help on the outside from the tight ends. Yeah. So and we're Marcus, also hold on. We're also using I, them in the offensive oh. side of the game. And I for whatever reason, this is something we're not talking about that really needs. I don't think it's Pete. It's probably Walter, but I think needs like a huge round of applause because not only are you you're getting the help you need, but you're bringing the tight ends as weapons. It's so it's kind of what we've always wanted, right? They kept in a tight yeah, end. Kobe Parkinson they, learned how to block. It's great. They kept they kept in a tight end to block on on eight different plays. Uh, Parkinson and Fant together. Uh, they kept Charbonnet and K9 in on another seven plays. So fifteen plays where we kept an extra blocker of the seventy five. Not to mention probably to the best blocking receiver. In the NFL, since he is geez, the best I don't know who I'm, but, I'm talking Jake Bobo, but Jake Bobo did not stay into pass block, he just run blocked 18 times. So that's, that's <laughs> so, all you need. The the goat blocker, give it to him. So, yeah, Parkinson, if you're right, they 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 kept them in the block, they did a great job on those plays. All those guys had 70 plus PFF rating on their blocking, they all did a really good job. And then, then like you said, the tight ends combined seven for eight, 79 yards. Great work by those guys. I completely agree. Um, okay. So the let's go to the passing game. Super well, efficient. Yes. Oh, you want to talk more interior offensive line, Kevin? I can't. Well, I can't no, stop I was going to talk tight end. I think it's a good transition to go to uh, oh. to JSN. Oh, because okay, I think you can't talk the one without the other. Okay, so let's. Okay, I'll give you some JSN stats that I wrote down. So first, um, there's a stat going around. JSN's creating 4.2 yards of separation per play. I went to the next gen stat sites. Uh, it's fifth among all wide receivers. It's third among receivers with ten or more targets but the but two of those guys are at nine and jsn's at like 13 so i'm not i don't feel like it's a huge difference um to to exclude those guys um this guy's role is going to keep increasing every week you can't get that open all the time and your role won't increase especially if if either of the tackles can come back and create a little more time to throw i do feel like right now he's late in gino's progression does that make sense like gino yeah. gino's getting to him mm -hmm. before he has to get rid of the ball before he gets to jsn in the progression but uh, another thing is, is the guys in the slot, JSN and Fant, I wrote this down, they both get a ton of cushion. JSN starts average eight with a with the with the defender 8.1 yards off him. And Fant starts with his defender eight yards off him. And we use Fant as a big slot all the time. It's like mm -hmm. one of our new favorite things to do. And I think it's a really exploitable weakness that we're seeing them start to sprinkle it in and it's going to keep getting, it's going to become a more popular part of our offense. Something that we wouldn't have seen like, 
three years ago with Russ because he just doesn't throw over the middle. But those guys, they're going to start – we're going to start to see them get the ball in the middle of the field because the that's just such an exploitable weakness. And as the tackles come back and Gino has a little more time to get through his progressions, he's going to start to find JSN fan over, over, over again. And we're not going to see a tweet that says zero, zero, zero in it. But, um, <laughs> well, and that's uh, – so JSN against uh, Detroit – he averaged five yards after catch per reception mm-hmm. um, because he's the guy we're using on like the screens and drags. Yeah, and no. that's a, uh, that's a big part of his role. And it kind of goes what you're saying. He's getting all that cushion. So he's getting to catch and run um, as the offense is evolving to do more throws before the sticks on third down to allow a little bit of catch and run on those cushion routes. That's where JSN is going to be able to make his money getting first downs. <coughs> the other piece to go with that is when the Titans are catching seven passes, that's going to eat into JSN's workload to an extent. Mm-hmm. The other thing I noticed about this is when JSN was, so we run a lot of flood concepts. We'll have uh, all the receivers go to the right or the left, usually the right, so that uh, Gino could kind of roll out to his strong side to be able to make the throw. And on those flood or overload concepts in this particular game, what kept happening was the underneath defender on DK kept coming up to bracket uh, JSN, who was kind of running like a middle drag, and it allowed DK Metcalf to feast. Uh, DK uh, caught, what was it? Yeah, they're uh, not six passes they're not... for 112 yards because they had to respect what JSN was doing, and it opened up that slightly deeper passing lane. They're not even trying, they're not even attempting to like get on JSN at the line, which is probably smart because his release is like one of the things he's the best at. That'd be it's such like a his, quick, easy hit. It's like, it's yeah. like an, his number one <laughs> skill. So like starting a guy off him and then having them come, come up and try to try to play him that way is probably better, but they're just giving, he has way too much room to work. There's no way that the, the 100 yard JSN breakout game is coming. It's just, it's only a matter of time. Well, the it's, people that are <clears throat> online kind of upset about like, wow, why did we why did we spend so much on a, like a first rounder on this guy? Like Kevin said, he's on the, pace for six hundred yards. Like, but he's getting other people open too. The whole oh, oh, that's it's, so it's a, important. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, well, Gino's got three hundred yards. Like, I'm sorry, but we're still a run heavy offense. Gino's not going to throw for four hundred and get you know, JSN an extra sixty. Yeah. Well, and it could be that his breakout performance ends up being like in a playoff game because, oh, all season he was kind of the third option and they decide to game plan for him as the third option and they end up putting him on single coverage and he just beats the slot guy every time and goes off for like 140 and two touches. He has that level of talent. Yeah. Um, and no one's going to say that wasn't worth it if you have 600 yards all season and then just wins you a playoff game. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if we're, if we're talking about wide receivers, we got to talk about the two other wide receivers then. So Lockett, it's like the rare, like, meh game for him. Three for seven. Hey, Lockett had two PBUs. That's he pretty dropped. impressive. He, he had a, he had a, <laughs> he had a drop. I, I was going to say he had a drop, but it was more like a pass breakup. Um, well, no, he, he had the one drop that went off of his helmet. That was yeah. a drop. And then he had the two where he played, uh, like, the crossing route where he had to run up and smack the ball down because it was basically thrown <coughs> at the safety. It's, it's and hard the end zone pass a, breakup. It was ridiculous. When a guy gets credited with one drop and then there's, like, multiple plays where I, you could have called it a drop, I'm like, I don't know which one is the drop. I don't know. <laughs> um, but Jake Bobo, first NFL touchdown, is a toe tapper. In real time, I was like, ooh, that was close. I wonder if he got it in. And then they showed the replay, and I was like, dang, that was just perfect. Just perfect footwork from Bobo. And then this is what Jake Bobo said after the game to Brady Henderson. He said uh, he didn't really have a choice but to come down with the touchdown because Geno Smith put it in such a great spot. And then he uh, Tyler Lockett tracked the ball down for him, knowing it was his first NFL score. Bobo said he's going to give it to his mom. So there you go. It's actually Bobo. pretty impressive. Could he uh, could he be too. could he be more endearing? No, it's like such a great toe tapper, right? Like yeah. it was. Yeah, uh, he was getting pushed George out. Fant- it wasn't like an unnecessary jump or anything. This is George Fant esque, you know. When you see like a big, <laughs> big slow guy like that. To- I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it was way better than the Fant toe tap. Uh, but I have to bring that it was up. A as fantastic, many- right? I have to bring that up as many times as possible because it's just the mine of my favorites. Because he toe tap. Not only did Fant toe tap, but Fant toe tapped like four yards out of bounds. 
It was so funny. <laughs> I think that was I, that was my favorite part. All right, let's go. Let's uh, my go favorite last. thing was after he said that Bobo, uh, they asked him about like catching touchdowns as compared to other like great count, uh, okay. touchdown receivers, um, mm-hmm. like Chris Carter. Okay. And he was like, I don't compare myself to anybody. And then he rolled up his left oh, sleeve. Oh God! And <laughs> Stop. Uh, this is that's a Discord only joke. Okay, so so uh, Eric, Eric, I'm willing um, to last, play to only ten people. I'm fine with that. Last thing, uh, the pass game. I broke down two pass game stats. We were we crushed play action again in this game. Did you notice again, that? Again, absolutely. Yeah. 12 for 14, 176 yards and a touchdown. And another thing is Gino was at his best in this game when they were trying to blitz. He got rid of the ball in 2.48 seconds on the blitzes, 8 for 11, 134 yards and a touchdown. Is Gino Okay, is Gino like reading at the line just at like like that's what I feel like. I feel like he's just at the line. I, he can see what's coming. He knows what they're what they're trying to do. Look at what he did in college, and if you look at you know the success he's having, all these you know former players or people in the booth are coming out and saying like uh, you know the older the older football guys are like yeah you know I talked to Geno Smith when he was a first year rookie with the Jets, and I'll tell you right now like his Jets career was nothing like what you thought it was going to be because every single time you talk to him, he's so smart. He's so. And everyone uh, talks about how confident he is. Yeah, he like, was so confident, career. but also how he would like he could got tell two you, starters, coach. He could tell you how defenses are going to react to certain situations, and that's what won him <clears throat> so much praise with the Jets. And then whatever happened, I, he just got on the on the Jets. I feel like on the field, he just he was struggling to process as quickly as he was off the well, field. It, it takes some time, and I'm yeah. I'm Took glad that time he to got put it all shake. together. I mean, yeah. Also, the, playing the, for the Jets is a big career disadvantage. Let's be honest. It's hundred percent. Is it my turn? Is everyone. it my turn to say it next? Because Eric said it. And I said it's it my turn now. And I said it too. Um, uh, uh, yeah. If you want to make ask Zach, ask Zach, ask Zach Wilson. Uh, I ask, mean, pull a name out of and a hat. Zach Wilson I gotta, says, say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> I gotta get. I get. You know what? I gotta give uh, Aaron Rodgers some props, man, because no one finishes faster than he does. Just one <laughs> one drive. He got it. Done. Um, got the job done. But I mean, let's face it. It goes back to the run I think game. He's gonna make the uh, Jets Hall of Fame. Sorry, a, a successful run game is why we were able to have so many great rollouts. I feel like there will be a team that attacks that in a uh, successful way, and I hope that that's when we can just turn into the passing juggernaut that I know we can be. Gino also did a great job handling the blitz. You you wrote down that stat, but you could just see it in the game. Uh, again, making adjustments at halftime. Yeah. I. That's what really impressed me the most about Gino. They were struggling in the first half to finish drives. It was mm-hmm. I wrote down, "Oops, all field goals." I made the meme. Uh, I think it was first person came up with it was Nash, but then I like I was like, "That's a great idea. I'm going to take it to the next level." And I made like a full on uh, Photoshop. I spent some time shooping it. The the who are you going to blame though in that first half? Because I think everyone it just, shares. It was just you know sometimes like you just don't finish the drives. It just happens like. I think there were some play calling issues too. There were a few times where we probably mm-hmm. should have t- treated it as a four down situation and we didn't. And another thing is Myers, you know, they put him in the hyperbolic time chamber from Dragon Ball. And so now he th- <laughs> his body thinks it's 2024 because he went five for five. So like, I mean, that's, that's, uh, you know, should I do all my special teams notes right now? Cause I have more Jared. Reed, yeah, dude. Let's do it Jared because Reed. we care about all three phases. Jared Reed. What a tone setter. Not in every phase, but Dude, special I teams. love that we have a defensive back every year that just comes down and lights people up on special teams. It's right. it's such an energy getter. It's is, so cool. It's fun. He's great. He's just like Ugo Amadi on steroids, and like even smaller. <laughs> it's like it's like <laughs> it's like it's like it's like amazing to like watch. He's so great. I love Jarek Reed. I loved him before the season started, and man, he definitely had one of those little hammers next to his name on the <laughs> <laughs> gonna, oh, gonna, keep, gonna keep putting that one in and finally i gotta say one, i got one more special teams note you guys ready for this one the, the no, factory always. the factory produces results you know the factory produces crystal the factory okay the factory produces there is a factory for for long snappers and it produces results rubio long snapping okay the thing about that is that we had a good long snapper and if you have a bad long snapper it can really mess things up but we went to the factory we got the newer, younger, cheaper model. We traded in, we traded up, and the factory produced results. Yeah, here's the thing: is Tyler Ott wasn't a factory guy, dude. He was a he was a the other he was the other one. 
but you know the other one we, that we don't mention on this podcast because <laughs> no. we only talk about the factory. I'm working on my full report for the off season. Don't worry, boys. Okay, uh, let's go to the defense now. The run defense was so good. Pick your favorite run defender. Go, Eric. Oh, why are you putting me on the spot first? Eric, who's Hi, your favorite Witherspoon. run defender? Uh, Kevin Sol Witherspoon. You could have had Witherspoon. Eric is go, the Vikings I'll, draft of I want to go game. deep. I want to go deep on Witherspoon. Uh, With, you know what? I'll give it to I'll give it Jordan Brooks. He's not getting a lot of uh Jordan Brooks, man. Five run stops. You know, here's yes. the thing. Brooks does look a little slower in general because obviously he's coming back from a very serious injury way earlier than any reasonable person would expect. <laughs> and uh but he, yeah, five run stops in this game. Him and Wagner were filling the holes. Witherspoon was great, Kevin. I agree. Also, five run stops. I'm gonna go Jaron Reed then. Jaron Reed had five run stops as well. Jaron Reed had probably one of his best games in uniform. Uh, Pete Carroll said he had he a bad groin. He had a bad groin thing, which means like his groin was probably like wow, exploded, detached from the rest yes. of his body or something. And uh, he still he played woke and- up and he heard a pop in the morning and he still. So this was his Michael Jordan flu game. That's what I'm hearing. Um. I dude, the Reed and Mario Edwards thing is incredible. It works. They those guys are doing work on there. Edwards had nine pressures. Reed had five pressures with two sacks. Like those guys were doing work um, on the inside, and it was pretty awesome to see because you know, in no the pa- run game I think, against old men. I think IDL was one of our biggest worries coming into the year. Yeah. Interior defensive line and yeah. Edwards and Reed have shorted up. If those guys can stay healthy, you know, if that groin doesn't become a bigger issue, um, then I, I, I'm less worried about it than I was. And we're gonna, and eventually we're going to get uh, the big boy from Michigan. God, why can't, why can't yeah, I Mike Morris that? is going to be able to come <laughs> Mike back. Mike Morris. Uh, no, the other Cameron one too. Young is getting ready to have more than the, one snap. Didn't, who's that big guy that that the nose tackle? Who's oh, uh, who's always Monet. hurt? Brian Monet. Isn't he also going to Michigan? Uh, no. Yes. He did. Yes. I looked it up. Yep. College oh, okay. football at the University of Michigan. Yeah, we college experts. Yeah, twenty. He's twenty-seven years old. Went to Michigan. So they, yeah, we got all the Michigan defensive linemen now. Mike Morris, Brian Monet, just Michigan ended up. We're the, the Harbots, a Pete Carroll connection. Okay. Um, What's your deal? Really love it. Okay, we'll talk more about Witherspoon because I think Kevin brought it up. Witherspoon, awesome game. Thirteen targeted, thirteen times, only five perceptions. I thought he was a bright spot of the defense in general. Best player on. I thought. A lot of people say Jeremy was the best player on the field. For me, Witherspoon was right there. 1A, 1B. So good. Witherspoon looks like, okay, so if we're going back in the time machine, Richard Sherman, his rookie year, I didn't really care. I was like, yeah, he might be good. I really like this Chancellor guy. He's really making it exciting. But when you listen to Pete talk about Richard Sherman uh, back when he was a rookie and he was you know, just starting out, I don't know. Like Witherspoon was the fifth pick in the draft. A lot of people are obviously like, why'd you pick this guy? Why didn't you go for uh, Jalen Carter? Carter. Yeah. You know, Jalen Carter had a like pressures galore in his first game. You know, this is a bunch of crap. Witherspoon is, you know, probably not going to be the guy. And it's, uh, I'm so happy that he had his coming out game because that's an impressive, a super impressive game. He was good last week, but he had a couple rookie mistakes. This week it was like, he was perfect. It was, was like, everywhere. it was crazy. He was all over the field and he's, a, and he's like a cam chancellor style tone setter, Eric, like you said, yeah. cause cause you compare him to, he's something between Sherman and chancellor because he's, he plays the cornerback, but he, he, also tone that- set, he tone sets like with the way he, with the way he sets the edge, with the way he hits guys, with the way he reads and reacts to plays. Like he sets the tone for the whole defense. That DPI um, call was BS by the way. Do you I know what it, like, do you know what it probably was, Eric, is that during it, the draft, uh, Jalen Carter probably didn't have one of those little hammers next to his name, but you know, but you know who did have one of those little hammer sticks to his Without name? Without a doubt, I think I think he Witherspoon would take him number five. I think Pete probably put like two hammers, and then and then John and then, was like, "Hey, hey, we two, we're running out of hammers. You got you two, can't." He put, put two, two hammers one right guy. there, and then he put another hammer underneath, so it looked like a smiley face. Exactly. <laughs> no, uh, here's here's a great thing though is like I know Andy Dalton isn't like a world beater uh not since he was with sandy uh cincinnati for a uh, half season uh, when he was beating the world for but 14 games and got AJ i think Day. that was i think that yeah. was aj i think that was aj green i don't think that was <laughs> <laughs> he made he made it, he basically made it look like sherman used to make it look shutting down one half of the field uh what was it uh and it was crazy like though is they still talk, they came after him completion? they were no, like absolutely. we're gonna throw at this guy we're gonna throw at him 13 Here it times is. 
46.6 completion percentage for Andy Dalton. Yeah. It's That's awesome. Great. Bad. Yeah. That's great for us, bad for him. Yeah, and the thing about it is, and this is kind of goes into next week's analysis a little bit, but I feel like the other thing about Witherspoon is his play against the run makes it so we can look at bringing in Adams to play in the box in more of a linebacker role in third down situations without feeling like we're weakening our run defense because Witherspoon and Adams can both play the run at a very high level that allows you to feel like you're not you're not risking a weak front um, against like a third and six run. So we can go with a more pass aligned defensive alignment while still having personnel in there that can uh, prevent a longer run from occurring. Yeah, it's I mean, Jackson held his own. I, I'm not going to bash him. I think like the, the outside guys did their job in this game. Like they felt it felt like they were trying like they were really doing it. But the it's it's the central cup. The problem on defense right now is the central players are struggling in coverage. Brooks, Wagner, Diggs, Tabor, like all those guys, they're all struggling a little bit for a number of reasons. <laughs> good, good question. And, and it, and it, it, and the thing is, is it doesn't show up and it's not showing up until third down where we are just getting destroyed on third down so far this year. We're one of the worst defenses on third down so far this year. And in this game, it continued. Uh, what were we like? 10 they were 10 for 13 on third down i think so yeah, yeah. This... Or they were 10 for 19 so they were over 50 percent uh finishing on third down and i th- it's it's because if you can if you can get enough time against our defense one of there's either gonna be a communication breakdown or one of the central guys is gonna get burned and so it's it is it is hard for me to you know i'm like struggling i'm like this defense can make the leap but it just needs Better, either way better communication or, you know, better pressure. I think we need, we got a lot of pressure in this game, but even like more finishing. pressure? Yeah, it needs to. We just, got 36 it, pressures, but only convert them to four sacks. Yeah. And there's more sack, more sack conversions or just better pressure on third downs. I mean, that that's, that's kind of the, the secret sauce, I feel like. It's, I mean, it's got to be scheme related too, right? I mean, the middle of the field is wide open. It is the it is the the most <laughs> beautiful valley for opposing quarterbacks. Adam Thielen was just eating in the middle it's of the field this week. Crazy, like, and it's not like oh, in the fourth quarter they ate us up in the at the middle of the field. It's the entire game, every game this season, and going back to last season. It's it's got to be scheme. It's got to be scheme. Yeah, it's it's tough. the The, the whole middle of the field thing is weird. Now, uh, Kevin, we got to talk about your special boy, thirty Derek Hall. Okay, last week I was like, mm, Derek Hall, man, he doesn't look he needs a little more seasoning, he needs a little more time in the oven. This week put in a nice shift. 33 snaps. He didn't make a, any any no notable mistakes in my eyes and he batted down a pass. Which so he started yeah. starting to contribute positively and then Boyamafe. Uh oh, seven Boye pressures. looks like we all hoped into the second oh season, right? It, it's he's the, he's becoming that dude. I think he's I think by the end of the season, he's our best defensive. He's our best outside linebacker. When you said, uh, out, when you said Kevin, special backer. boy, I thought you meant. I thought you were going directly to to Boye Yeah. No, I only special. have I only have one draft on this year. That's Kevin's so, special boy. I I do think this <laughs> yes. defensive end group it's full of potential, and we just we need to, as the season goes on, we're going to see them start to realize that potential. Mafe is starting to look really good. Hall is Hall has now gone from a little overwhelmed to holding his own, and then looks like a steady think, hand. Yeah. Right. And eventually I think he he starts to step up a little bit. I think it's Taylor is the one I'm the most disappointed in right now. He just doesn't I don't know what the Taylor's deal is getting there. passed up. Everyone else is showing that they can provide a certain level of pass rush while playing against the run better. Like the floor is just a lot higher because the worst Daryl Taylor plays are are incredibly bad. And I say that as somebody who's always liked him. You can just run straight at him. It's a it's a problem. It's a problem that yep. he sets the edge so poorly, and and then you can just go right after him with a run play. He's a good passer. But rusher. if you do that with he any might, of the three other edges, it doesn't work. And so he's he's odd man out. He's weak man. He might be the best. He might be the best pass rusher of the four main guys: Hall, Nwosu, Mafe, Taylor. He's probably the best pure pass rusher. But it's just not something we. It, it, what we need to do is just limit him to third downs and like be like, hey, bro, get after the Three quarterback. Yep. Because he could get 11 sacks in a role like that and really affect the game in a way that, that we need right now. We kind of need a guy on third down to a just destroy people. 
also maybe that's with Jamal Adams coming back. You know, he's he's going to be eased in, but once he starts picking up those snaps, you're going to have to but, go but somewhere. Like, Blitzing him off the edge a little bit too on third downs could be super effective. I agree. Yeah, he, him and him and Trailer, uh, sorry Taylor, doing that together, uh, that could that could be that could and, be what else. Another thing about Adams too is he's so good at reading the play. I don't that I think it's a really yeah. underrated skill of his that people don't understand. It's hard to explain, but the way that Adams is able to read the play and. We're gonna talk about Adams a lot in a minute, so, so I'm so I'm not gonna I'm not going to uh, to 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 talk about this too much. But but he's just it's a really underrated skill. Okay, there were there's one thing we got to talk about before we head over to to our next game and our predictions and all of that. Our next foe and our predictions, uh, missed tackles. Okay, there was a couple notable frustrating ones for me: the Nwosu missed tackle, the Burns one. What what do you guys think the root causes of all these missed tackles? It feels like. It feels like now we're on like year three of this team going from being one on, in the Pete Carroll era. We were one of the best tackling teams in the league to now it feels like we miss tackles at a decent clip. What do you guys what do you guys think? What's the root cause? Is it just we have a lot of young guys and uh, less, you know, less elite tacklers or is there something else here? We're uh, just we don't draft guys who know how to tackle. Okay. So. <laughs> we, dra- Kevin. We, we draft we draft guys who maybe need the 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 tackle training more. I guess. I mean, I I can't figure it out. It's so frustrating. It, it's so, it's weird. Like we're there my, fast, but we can't do it. Sorry. Go ahead. Kevin. My theory is, uh, I think what happened was we had the situation where we lost the draft pick for having contact um, during what were supposed to be non-contact practices. And I think that contact was practicing head placement and shoulder placement for rugby style tackling, which was like that whole uh, revolution that we had going into like the LOB era. And so the coaching staff struggles because you it's it's a different style of tackling than is taught at lower levels. And it requires you to change your thinking on the way you approach a tackle. But by limiting the amount of contact practices that you can have, it limits your ability to do some of those overhauls. And so I think for especially younger players, it takes a while for that to catch up. And some of them have a lot of trouble figuring it out because you're really trying to retrain muscle memory on how you approach a ball carrier to make the tackle. Another part of it too, is that like the, the practices, you know, you want your practices to have a progression. And like, I know this cause I've planned, made practice plans and, and built, built camps and stuff. And you want your first practices to be about stuff like that. And your last practices, you want to be working on different things. You want to be working on installing the playbook and working on your, your, your red zone stuff and your, your two minute drills and your, your faster stuff, right? You, you don't want to be working on heads up tackling in the last practice of training camp. That's like, that's stuff you want to have salted away towards the beginning and all of the contact practices now are at the end, right? So it's like, right. how do you structure your camp so that you can do all the really important stuff to like fill out your playbook and, and make sure everyone understands their, their jobs, but also at the same time, fit this other stuff in that is really important. I think they've struggled to adjust and it's, it's not, it's just one thing They're They're very good at a lot of things in, involving coaching and, and GMing. And I think this is one thing where they just haven't made a full adjustment yet. I think eventually we will get back to being a really good tackling team. I think it will happen because we mm-hmm. have good, we have shown in the past that we can coach up good tackling. It's just, they have to figure out how they want to structure their practices and camps so that they can get the training that they need to in there. So uh, I wish them the best of luck. It is a hard challenge. They get less. They get less time with it every year, you know. Yep. But maybe now that they have those new space helmets, the beehive ones, then maybe they, maybe they, maybe we'll start to see them get more <laughs> get more content. You know what I'm talking about? Those yeah, the, no, the, the helmet on the helmet. Um, do, so okay, can I talk about this? Hat for, for can I have like can I have like one minute to talk the about the helmet thing? Helmets. So okay, so we have the the the, the beehive helmets, right? But so then I started doing research about like, okay, well, what is there a helmet that could get us to concussion zero? And there is one, okay? But it's so stupid looking that no one no one's willing to try it. I know it. what this is. So I've it's basically it, and there's an is episode it on the shoulders? of There's an episode it's of Tosh.0 where a guy a guy is like talking about this. Um but I'm it's so this, glad you've come a lot around to watching that show. I'm so happy. I actually. So anyway, it's like a helmet attached to the shoulders so that it kind of like moves. The helmet moves a little bit when you when you get hit and it 
well, it um, makes it so there's no concussive force. Kevin, imagine, imagine the, the, all the force from Spaceballs, but bigger. Yes. All the yes. force goes into your shoulders, but you look, it looks really, really stupid. It, it, so it looks really like stupid. the trouble bubble from G.I. Joe. It looks good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, also, he asks the guy who has a good team this year, and the guy says the Seagulls. Yeah, yeah, I, it was bad. It, the segment's bad, but but the idea is good. The science is good. So I don't know. Maybe we do at some point move on, moved in another direction. The thing is, the the important thing for the NFL isn't actually player safety. It's the appearance of player safety. So the NFL doesn't really care. And uh, if they did, they would probably do something different. Like like my idea, which is soft helmets, so guys don't just launch themselves headfirst into people. Because you know what you wouldn't do if you weren't wearing a big big uh, ceramic helmet is you. would or not ceramic, it's what's plexiglass or something. I don't know. Um, but if you weren't wearing a big plastic <laughs> helmet, let's say it's plastic. If you were wearing a big plastic helmet, you're not going to launch yourself at someone at 1,000 miles an hour. Okay, uh, Jamal's back this week. I, we're going to play a couple of Jamal Adams-based games. You ready? Yep. Yeah. First, guess Jamal Adams' snap count in game one. To give you a frame of reference, in the last game, the Seahawks ran 75 offensive plays. And the Carolina Panthers ran 79 offensive plays. I do assume this game will be a little slower since we are playing the New York football giants who are a team that can only run. So they cannot, they literally cannot pass. So, so because of that, um, one, it's a perfect matchup for us, but two, I just, I expect less total offensive plays, maybe something in the neighborhood of 60 to 60 to 65 for the giants. That in mind, how many of those 60 to 65 snaps does Jamal Adams play, Eric? Hmm. 13. I'm going 13. It Dang, keeps, really, really it keeps, low. I like it. Yeah, I just feel like, uh, you know, if you if you really want to twist my arm, I'll go 14. But yeah, I just think it's going to be low. I, They're going to ease him in. He's really I don't think you need to go too too hard on it. I really don't. Eric, or Eric just went. Kevin. The other Kevin, yeah. Kevin. So How, uh, I also did my hey. research. They had 50 snaps against San Francisco, but otherwise they've been like between, like right around 60. Yeah. So ballparking 60 snaps, I think they'll play about I think he'll play about two thirds of the game. So I'm going to say 41 snaps. All right. My number is pretty much in the middle. You guys, I had 28 written down before the podcast started on a piece of paper. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see who's closest. How about this? Guess the pro football focus rating for Jamal Adams in this game. I'm not Uh, good at that. Just guess a number. I mean, mean, you know, 48, 48 is horrible. I know. Uh, 60 would be 60s average 70s anything 70 and up's good you think you think he'll play bad for 13 snaps that's your prediction 69 oh okay (laughs) Uh, now we're talking i I also wrote down 69 so you you read my mind you're in my brain uh kevin what you got you You got a different number the worst how's that um okay so (laughs) pff has a tendency to downplay his playability um like he's one of those people where his stats don't work well for pff so i was gonna go with like 63 yeah, okay, that seems fine with me. Uh, he's safety's play is always really hard for PFF to rate. They do a terrible job of it. Okay, let's talk about the Giants a little bit. On every this snap, is, this is the perfect matchup. Uh, we have fu- we have built our team to not to not lose to the run game. We are good at stopping <laughs> the run. Do you know what the Giants can only do? They can only run. They can't throw for anything. And that's they're, a little debatable too. Their their <laughs> passing game is horrible, and they have paid Daniel Jones a lot of money. And he has played in the first 12 quarters of NFL football he's played this year. He has been good for two of them. So, yeah, I'm feeling very confident going to this matchup, which is terrible. It means we're going to lose. But, <laughs> but I feel really confident going into this matchup. The Giants are not playing good football. They, uh, they won a game against a really bad team. Uh, I don't know. It was an ugly game, too. Yeah, it was super ugly. They, they they barely beat the Cardinals. They had to come back and score 30. All 31 points of their points were in the second half of that game. The Cardinals just completely fell apart. The Honestly, the Cardinals should be 2-1 right now. And I don't, I watch, I've been watching them, and I'm like, I, this is not that bad of an offense. The problem is their defense is, like, super inconsistent. We'll get By to the Arizona. Way, what's that say about Cliff Kingsbury? If this offense isn't that bad, it's the same players with downgrades. Like Cliff Paris Kingsbury is as bad as I said. Paris Johnson is really good. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna throw that out there. Like, I I I started watching, you know, because I like sprinkle in a few games, especially from the teams I know we're gonna play later. And I I was like, dang, Paris Johnson rules. Like this guy is super super good. And they're set up to either, you know, and they have Houston's pick next year, so they'll have picks to kind of get the guys they want in next year's draft. Yeah, yeah, I hate it. 
I hate it. it. Sucks. Arizona's gonna be good, and it sucks. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I don't like it. Um, no, it's Arizona. Give it some time. But, they, yeah, give it, they figure out a way to to blow it always. You're right. But what they'll do is they'll end up keeping Kyler, and then he'll blow out his knee again. And yeah, it'll be so, perfect. <laughs> Daniel Jones though. Daniel Jones stinks, but they run really good, and we stop the run good. I don't know. It's so Daniel Jones has six turnovers in three games. He's averaging two turnovers per game. Yeah, the, uh, the, the whole, team has the whole thing two last year was he didn't, fumbles on top of that. He didn't do any turnovers. That was the whole thing last year. It was like he never turned the ball over. They're also averaging giving up four sacks a game. Uh, their team has three sacks on the season and no interceptions. Uh, so to kind of back up what you're saying earlier, Geno Smith is uh, PFF's number one graded intermediate passer. So it passes between 10 and 20 yards down the field. Um, he's the number two passer off play action, uh, according to their metrics. Like, uh, this this should be a really ugly game for the Giants. Like, we match up really well against them. We do things that they're really bad at, and mm-hmm. they're really bad at the or they're really like the only things they're kind of good at are things that we're good at dealing with. Like, um, they're good at stopping the run in the middle. Well, like K nine can just bounce everything outside, so it doesn't matter. Um, also they have like the, their interior defensive linemen are their best defenders. Um, our interior offensive line was our best offensive unit last week. So, um, this is a really favorable matchup for us. Uh, the giants are not that good of a team and their starting quarterbacks playing, which is really good for us. If their backup quarterback was playing, I'd be more worried. Yeah. Daniel, Daniel's just all over the place. All right. I think it's going to be a grindy game. I think it's going to be kind of a low scoring game. I do think they'll be able to keep it close just because they're going to try to, to grind us out. And you know, Pete, he's just, he's just not going to do it. He's just not going to put anyone away. So I don't know. Seahawks win like 24 to 14 in it. And it, and we're not, it's never like told, we never feel unsafe, but it's never like totally put away either. The giants are always threatening to sneak back in. So that's that's my that's my prediction, Eric. What do you got? Um, man, I just okay. So you said that the the Cardinals should be two and one. The Giants could very well be two and one. Uh, that awful game against the Washington Football Team. But man, they play so sloppy. And even they, if they win, they could be zero and three though too. They yes, could... if they win, it would just be like super unoriginal and they got boring. Just... They just got crushed by the Cowboys too. A team that we just watched lose to the Cardinals last <laughs> also, week. Also, <laughs> it's it's a showdown of a very bad run defense versus a very good run defense. Um, a team who can't run versus a team that can run. It all stacks up against Seahawks. Ah, uh, man, I gotta go. I'm sorry, I gotta go. Thirty-one, seventeen, Seahawks. All right, Kevin. Uh, we just won 37-27, um, and that was against basically a better version of this team. Uh, I think it's very so, simple. Yeah, you're right, because their pass rush, their their defensive line's way better than this team's. Thibodeau's so not even close to Brian Spurn's level yet. Nope. <laughs> so I'm going to go uh, pretty similar to, uh, to Eric here. I'm going 35-20. Okay, thanks. Uh, Seahawks. Okay, there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest. For as little as $1.24 a month, join us in the Discord. Also, if you pay $4 or more, you can put your goofy names up here that for me to your goofy names up here for me to read. So first I gotta get props though. Do it all for the two G came in with a big donation. Uh and they said they wanted to donate their advertiser time to Washington Fish Quest. So starting next week, I'm gonna watch <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch one of their videos every week. The OG, the OG big advertiser, Washington Fish Quest. But make sure to check them out on YouTube. Uh Blake, our guy. Let me see. Let me see where what, what his last video is about. I'm gonna look it up right now. Uh Washington Fish Quest. Let's see. We got okay. He made a video called the 20, 2023 clan for Washington Fish Quest. Um what's what's he got new? Looks like he did uh he was did some crabbing. Did some uh, pink salmon, pink salmon fishing. Like he's still killing it out here. Blake's still killing it. Go, go, go check out Washington Fish Quest. I'm gonna watch a video next week and uh, do like a full report. But uh, man, I've been busy this. <laughs> going back, <laughs> man, going back to full time. Okay, I used, I worked part time last year. Going back to full time is like, man, I am just tired all the time now. I'm like, can I please get back to part time next year? I'm gonna beg my boss. I'm gonna be like, please let me go back down to part time. I don't need the money. <laughs> 
I just, just want, I just want to work less. It's too much work. Okay, so like, let's get some names in here. Uh, do it all for the Tucci, Emmanuel, Andy, Brett, Cooper, Evan, Philoctimus, Gavin, James, Jose, Josh, Lucas, Malcolm, Ryan, Samuel, Terrence, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Blake, the Guashin Fish Quest guy, Bob, Casey, Crack Snacker, four twenty, Daniel, David, Foles, Jay, Luke, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Noah, Poops, Loomis, Thomas, Warwolf. Brandon, Nick, and then of course, this is the new one. It says, you ready for this? I'm going to read it. Here we go. My name is Nathan Santo. I have terrible takes on fast food. This guy must love McDonald's and a criminal record, which is like kind, not true, but also kind of true. You guys want to hear my criminal record story? It's kind of great. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, we okay here fun. we go. Yes. You ready? So people who know me well know when I was, uh, when I was in my freshman year of college, uh, right before the school year started. I got in a really bad car accident, rolled my car. My arm went out the window. I scraped my arm. Like It was a one car accident, though. I was trying to reach down to grab something off the floor of my car, and my knee hit the wheel. And it was like a really – the road had like really steep sides, so I just lost control when it went off, when it went slightly off the road and overreacted because I was like an idiot 18-year-old. Okay? So that's – that's. but here's the part where I become, where I become a criminal. You ready? So I'm in the hospital. I'm, I got an IV in my arm, and I am like – and they gave you the button to push for morphine because – Earlier, some guy had scraped my arm with steel wool to get all the gravel and dirt out of it. Okay, so I'm like, That's you know, I'm on, I'm on cloud nine because I'm in extreme amount of pain. Okay, and then the best part is that when he's scraping my arm out with the steel wool, he goes, "Man, usually people react really strongly to this." And I was like, "Bro, I could feel anything right now." I'm like, I was like in shock, <laughs> you know. So he's great. So anyway, like, while I'm <laughs> while I'm in here, I don't have my glasses. And anyone who knows me knows I am blind. I cannot see anything without my glasses. Okay. I don't have my glasses. I am on a million milligrams of morphine because, because I'm in a lot of pain. A police officer comes in and has me sign a, a thing that he wrote saying that writing me up for reckless driving. Wow. I, I barely, I barely remember this. Okay. So then, then I, so then I get back and I'm like, going through all the paperwork and I noticed this like reckless driving ticket. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This guy gave me like this, this misdemeanor charge, like uh felony driving or like not felony, no, we're reckless driving for this zero, like one car accident. Don't you think destroying my car and my arm was enough? So anyway, I got it. I pleaded it down to like, um, like some really minor offense. And then it was, it, it was to yield to the side <laughs> of the road. <laughs> it washed, it washed off, it washed off my record because I didn't get any tickets for the next five years. So there's, there's my story though. I thought, I thought people would think it was funny. I don't know. Maybe they didn't. Uh, I like it. <laughs> That's why we so, put it in the movie club segment. Cause if people could have turned it off already, it's fine. The thing, the thing is that this guy's on Patreon twice. It's the same. So that I noticed the emails matched. So this was Noah that did this, by the way. So Noah, I see you. You should use a different email or something if you didn't want me to know. Okay, uh, uh, let's do uh, let's do our eliminate. Oh, and by the way, can you make the sentence a little shorter? It really messes up the formatting on Patreon when it's that long. Okay, now we can start the eliminator. This is an eliminator where most people are going to turn it off immediately. But about 20 people are going to be really excited to hear what we think. You ready? Don't worry. Anyone who turns this off, I'm right behind you. Just, <laughs> as soon as we start, I'm out. Okay. Eric, you're in, though, because you have to do this. Um, Eric, uh, on the spreadsheet, if you hover if you hover over or over the the names, you can see the pictures. Okay. Oh, that's you, all I care about. So that Because I thought and that's all that matters. Oh, you know, this that guy's name. This is the Pokemon Starter Eliminator. So we're going to use all the Pokemon starters from all the Pokemon games, and we're going to eliminate them one by one until one Pokemon starter reigns supreme. I thought about doing a tier list, but then I was like, that's going to basically exclude Eric because he he knows like seven of these guys. <laughs> and then he's going to be the other ones. He's like, huh? Oh, <laughs> so, what? So, so, okay. I'm going to, I'm not going to read the names. Uh, well, actually I will. Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle, Pikachu, Eevee, Chikorita, uh, Cyndaquil, Totodile, Trico, Torchic, Mudkip, Churchwig, Chimchar, Piplup, Snivy, Tapig. Oshawott, Chespin, Fennec and Froakie, Rowlet, Litten, Poplio, Grookey, Scorbunny, Sobble, Sprigatito, Fuecoco, and Quaxley. And I will say this. You can consider what they evolve into in your considerations. But as we all know, anyone who's played Pokemon knows the first evolutions are cute. The third evolutions are cool. And the second evolutions are dorky teenagers. Okay. <laughs> They're always horrible. Uh, I'm going to let uh, Eric eliminate first because... Uh, Actually, you know what? I'll give you a minute. Actually, Eric, I'll give you a minute to look at all the pictures. Kevin, go ahead and go first. 
All right, uh, I am. So there's there's one I'm really tempted to eliminate in here because they're not a true starter in my heart. But I'm actually going to eliminate Oshawott because its third evolution is offensive. I I hate I actually yeah it's it's pretty bad. So we'll delete that row. Here okay. we go. There's so uh, many things wrong with it, but mostly it's that its sword gets attached to its face like a narwhal. I, and it's I don't understand. It's like it makes the like the evolutions make sense, but like, Could be like a musketeer. Just, nope. They should have just made the third one look cool. Like they didn't. Actually, the second one looks cooler than the third one. That one, a very rarity. Um, speaking of ones that look bad as they evolve, uh, Chespin. Uh, oh, I was just looking yep. at Chespin. Chespin's kind of cute, but the third one looks like uh, a just failed TMNT enemy. Yeah, it's terrible. So I'm a chessman. It's Bebop, Rocksteady, and that reject. That's all right. Uh, Eric, what do you? What do you? Uh, I feel like I'm just here to make people mad. Yeah, like I'm gonna, yeah, that's, I'm that's exactly it. why you're here. Go for it. You're Score already, Bunny. I don't like the look of Score Bunny. Score Bunny oh, just man. doesn't look like a Pokemon to me, and I don't like him. And uh, you're no Charizard, sir. I do like Score Bunny, but uh, yeah, it's just the thing about the evolution of Score Bunny is it goes from being a bunny to being a bunny. It's being a bunny. It's like there's it never changes. It's just a bunny every time. It's like what, Eric's what? like, I know there's some really awful fanfics out here about this bunny, and I need to get it out of here. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. Kevin, hit me up. What you got? All right. I'm eliminating Pikachu because Pikachu is not a real starter. Um, I mean, it was the starter choice in two Pokemon games, which is yeah, uh, that's that's not my <laughs> fault. It's I another thing that's interesting is you can make it your starter in Pokemon Go as well as if you just don't pick one of the three starters and walk away. Eventually, the game will spawn a Pikachu as your starter, which is kind of, I think, a fun Easter egg in that game. Um, okay, I'm going to go with uh, so many great options to eliminate now. Uh, Sobble. Uh, don't like it. I think Sword and Shield only had one good starter to me, and it's the one that's left, so I'm happy to be here. Uh, but Sobble, like it what it turns into like a, uh, a weird lizard spy at the end, and then the beginning one is a Pokemon that cries a lot, like... You know, I like Gex, Enter the Gecko as much as the next person, but it didn't need to be a Pokemon. Yeah, all right. Uh, it's Eric's turn now. Eric, hit me up. Um, wait, uh, who did... Did you just... Did Kevin yep. just eliminate someone? No, I eliminated Sobble. Okay, because uh, I don't know if it's Treco or Treco. Treco, yeah. I don't like him. I don't like him. Get him out. Yeah. He, his tail's too, too big. A little too sexual. Thank you. Tail's a little too big. All right, Kevin, what you got? Uh, all right, I'm eliminating uh, Litten. Because Litten's third Evo is creepy. No way. Litten's third the, Evo the, is cool. It's a professional okay, so wrestler. It's a, it's a super buff cat. Well, first of all, I only have room in my heart for Ham Pam Piccolo when it comes to professional wrestler Firebase Pokemon. And second of all, <laughs> uh, the legs are way too small for the upper body, and it's weird. And also, in, why did it have to be anthropomorphic? It didn't have to be. It could have kept in, being a cat. Incineroar is cool because in the in the Smash Brothers games, when you play Incineroar, one of his Y moves is to grab the other person, throw them off the ropes. <laughs> like just <laughs> just wrestling ring ropes just appear. It's so sweet. All right. Um, I'm going to get rid of uh, I think all of the the second generation starters are pretty boring. So I'll just get rid of one now. How about a Cyndaquil? It, it's just boring. It's just boring. It to me. might be the worst fire <laughs> starter. I think it is. Uh, Eric, who's who's next? Fue Coco. Fue Coco. Don't uh, like him. I think it's cool that they made like a make a fire ghost uh, guy as the third one, but it's not it's not wonderful. Um, I, I can dig it. Uh, Kevin, uh, I'm going to eliminate uh, Totodile for being water Fue Coco, and I don't feel like the two should be eliminated too far apart. Yeah, I'll eliminate Quaxley because he looks like if Donald Trump was a duck. Uh <laughs> Eric. It is a duck with a hat. That is a bonus. And look at the hair. It's Donald <laughs> yeah, Trump hair. Uh, I'm, all right. I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> Eric, Eric, you're back up. Um, Snivy. Snivy, Snivy is yeah. uh, Snivy. I, I don't like him even less. Yeah, it's 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 boring. It's pretty boring design, and he turns into like a weird grass snake, which is not that cool. Uh, Kevin. Uh, Rowlet. It's literally just an owl. Oh, I love Rowlet mostly because he turns emo. That's true. As he evolves, he evolves and he just turns more and more emo, which just cracks me up. See, you say but, the middle one's a teenager, but that's the only one where the final evolution is just more teenager. And I will. You said this. You said it's just an owl. It's not. It's an owl with a grass bow tie. Show some respect. OK, that is a that is a grass bow tie. You got to respect it. Um, all right. I'm going to go ahead and hit up. Let's get rid of Chikorita. Boring. All right. <laughs> 
Eric. Eric Graspo. For the for the only time I'm gonna say this, you took my pick. Oh yeah, <laughs> eat it, eat it, Eric, eat uh, it. You know, I, there's just so many to choose from that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, I'm going to go with... I will uh, say this, Eric. You have not eliminated one that I think people are going to be really mad about yet, but you're about to. Let's go ahead. Pop, yep. Poplio? I don't know. I think Poplio is probably the, yeah, the, I knew a, it. a fine choice. This is about where Poplio should be getting you're, eliminated. You're doing, you're, doing, you're doing great. It's cute. I'm doing, I'm doing really good. The, All right. the, the, whole, the whole like circus ball thing is a little bit fun, but it's, it's, not, it's nothing special. All right, Kevin. All right. One of my absolute favorite Pokemon, but not a starter, is Eevee. Okay, eliminating Eevee. Eevee here for not being a starter. Okay, I'm gonna eliminate Tapig. Uh, I think that it's kind uh, of more the inferior wrestler Pokemon. The this is not a wrestler Pokemon. This is like he's supposed to be like a like a boxer. I feel he like he is wearing Bam Bam Bigelow, the Beast from the East wrestling outfit in his third evolution, <laughs> which is why you name him Ham Pam Bigelow, and I'm offended. No, Tapig. Pig Knight is not uh, not Embor. They're not good. Embor Embor just looks like he I looks like he um, good. I said he looks like Bam Bam Bigelow. He looks like um, a pot that you would break in Zelda to get a rupee. He looks like a guy <laughs> that you would like the hire. symbology on his chest. That's what it looks like to me. He looks like and a it, guy that you would hire to beat up your uh, your headmaster at a uh, wrestling at a uh, military school that is trying to get you to. <laughs> He's it. He comes. He comes to the dojo and he beats up the sensei. All right, Eric. Uh, I uh, was making a major pain joke, but that's fine. I, I know. I wanted to. I wanted to just <laughs> shift it to a, a different joke. Eric, what you got? I don't like the the way this name sounds. And okay. uh, frankly, looking at this picture, I like him even less. Chimchar, get Chim- out. Chimchar is not 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 too. Gr- it's a. It's pretty. I think it's the right time. I, it's He's middle fire tier monkey. for me. Fire monkeys it's are pretty, cool. It's like the it's second mo- best monkey on this. Fire monkey. Yeah, it's, it's fun. All right. Uh, it's, is it Kevin's turn now? Kevin. Yeah. I think so. Uh, okay, so I have to keep the martial arts chicken because it's a martial arts chicken. You can get rid um, of it. I think it's, it's a fine time. To, I think to instead I'm going to get rid of Froakie. Froakie, like Froakie. Oh. Froakie's cool, but uh, I, I, I'm down to just a few, and Froakie's the one I think I have to get rid of here. I think the thing about this is that you get rid of Froakie, that, that's fine, but people really like Greninja. Like yeah. the third evolution is like one of the most popular Pokemon. So, but in all fairness, uh, it's partially because it was broken in the so, meta of that game, and y'all can deal with it. Someone just threw their phone because they they're so mad. I'm gonna go to Fennekin, yeah, um, because oh, you took my another one. You took because here's the thing about Fennekin <laughs> is as it evolves to for, to Breakshin and then Delphox, it gets uncomfortably more of like a hey, they're definitely trying to do something for the furry crowd here. Um, just gonna say that. Okay, <laughs> Eric. Uh, Sprigadito. Don't like it. Sprigadito. Sounds sounds a little uh, my appropriation. Okay, it's a cat that's a magician, and that's really cool. The whole the whole new game was Spain themed. It was not so. So just keep that in mind. Sprigatito, yes, it was Spanish themed, but the whole game was themed around Spain. Uh, And I I did like Sprigatito, the the magician cat. Um, okay. You guys are gonna love strange, my strange, strangely my next elimination. Strangely, we are down to like, uh, like eight Pokemon and only two fire ones, and I'm gonna take out the other fire Pokemon here. Oh wait, it's not my turn. It's it's Kevin's turn because Eric just it did Sprigatito. Is so. my turn, and we are getting very low on uh, grass Pokemon, and I'm going to eliminate one of the few left. Uh, I'm gonna take Turtwig out at this point. There uh. are three grass pokemon on the list and the other two definitely belong over it for me yeah but like torterra with the with the like the tree growing out of its back so so cool well as another large turtle once said we don't care remember it remember in a uh, detective pikachu when they just had the giant t- torterras yeah. that was so cool. that's pretty that's okay. pretty cool great moment okay i'm still taking out torchic uh, uh flat earther's favorite pokemon torterra torchic pretty solid but but uh it's not his time to shine today. Eric, Come you said you're going to make an enemy with this pick? I just, I'm going to take one out that, you know, I, I think about, it's about time. I think this is when you take out Mudkip. And okay. I'm taking out Mudkip. Mudkip, great meme. Great Pokemon. Uh, really fun. Yeah, I think he looks pretty. Fun I, design. I, 
kept looking at me like, don't eliminate me. Don't eliminate me. Is he very cute? The water the water ground thing is fun too because, you know, like mm-hmm. water type Pokemon are weak to electric. But at, at that point in the game, they gave you a kind of a tool to, to, to trick people a little bit. All right, Kevin. Where are we at? All right. This is hard. Because, we have, we have uh, the original three, Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle. Which I don't not, feel like all three should have made it, but they did. No, no. I, I would have eliminated one. Kevin, you it, said this is hard, but I, I'm finding it really easy, actually. Um, <laughs> surprisingly okay. easy. There are two Pokemon I Hip-lock would like to eliminate and here. Groupie. And I'm going to go ahead and pick. Uh, I'm going to eliminate Squirtle. Squirtle. Okay. Uh, excellent in the TV show. Not excellent really anywhere else mm-hmm. uh yeah i think that's fine squirtle's fun it's fun blastoise is really cool with the arm ca- with the, the shoulder cannons uh pretty pretty neat uh i guess i have to take out piplup it's just a it's just an, a, pe- a penguin i do not know how it got this far <laughs> I feel that like was the only like, one i liked that's like there's a, a tremendous i feel like there's a tremendous oversight by us all right, so we got Bulbasaur. We got the the, uh, the little dinosaur with the flower on his back. We got Charmander, a little dinosaur with the flame on his tail. And Grookey, which is a monkey that uses drumsticks. Yep. <laughs> a drumming monkey. So there we go. That's where we're at. Uh, Eric, eliminate. If you don't, I, I'm going to tell you, if you don't eliminate Charmander, it's going to win. <laughs> I, no that, is, that is less guaranteed than you think. <laughs> I cannot. Really? Guys, I can't have us. I mean, as a huge Pokemon fan that I am in another universe, <laughs> in another reality, I refuse to watch two grass types go against each other. <coughs> so, Grookey, you're out. Oh, okay. Grookey's cool. I like Grookey. But, okay. Yeah, so, sure. uh, King make the it. Pokemon that would have won is the monkey that plays the drums because oh, that's yeah. the coolest thing ever. Should have kept I'm drumming sorry. monkey. Should have kept drumming monkey. You should have uh, so kept the penguin in. My personal original starter was Bulbasaur, but my favorite is always Charmander. So yeah. Charmander is going to win over Bulbasaur in the end. Yeah, Bulbasaur, pretty cool. Flower on his back. Charmander, of course. I think like a lot of us connected to it because this TV show, he was like a, the, you know, Ash's relationship with Charmander was, was, was a big part of the uh, the show. And then as he turned into Charizard and Ash had trouble controlling him, you know, it's kind of a great storyline in the original show. Um, all right. Just going back, Kevin, if if there was all the Pokemon left, which one would you have? Would, would you have picked Charmander to win? Or would you? You said Grookey, though? Grookey's I would have picked Grookey. Grookey's your new fave? I, I mean, it's a monkey that plays the drums. It's also a really good Pokemon. It was also my starter in Sword and Shield. It's very like, silly. I like. It's I a cool Pokemon. It. It's 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 incredibly enjoyable. Uh, yeah, I think Grookey's a good choice. I would have picked Rowlet. <laughs> Rowlet is my favorite. <laughs> I love it. It's so stupid, but like, it's just emo. Emo Owl is. It speaks to my heart. And Eric, you would have picked Piplup all the way. Uh, maybe. I mean, he's a cute penguin, and I'm honestly, I'm a Charizard guy. Uh, and Jigglypuff, so there you go. Charizard, Char- and he, he came through in the end with the Charmander win. All right, for Eric, for Kevin, we will uh, see you next week. Tell us your favorite Pokemon starter in the Discord. Go Hawks. Yeah.